We are Artist Uprising. We have started a movement. Call it a revival for arts and entertainment. Call it a renaissance or united belief. That creativity should be undoubtedly expressed in a way that shapes culture for the better. That artists should have the resources they need to do the work that runs through their veins. And with the gathering of resources, we will one day abolish the phrase, starving artist. Day and night, the movement does not cease, for creativity never sleeps. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Artist Uprising podcast. Up next on our top 25 creatives of Dallas, we have the creators of Loft Stories, Bryson and Megan Funk. Loft Stories is a listening room series featuring local artists and the stories behind their songs. In this episode, Bryson and Megan talk about starting Loft Stories, the music industry, how Loft Stories was created. Megan is a makeup artist also, so we also talked about that and how she got into makeup and some funny things that have happened on set. We had a great time. It was such a great conversation. We met up at Common Desk in downtown Dallas. Thank you so much for listening. Here is my conversation with Bryson and Megan Funk. Bryson and Megan, thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, no worries, man. Thank you for having having us. Yeah. Do y'all have a busy day today? It's Sunday. We're recording on a Sunday, so. Yeah. Um, No, it was pretty pretty relaxing. Uh, We slept in. Yeah. Well, yeah. we slept until like nine, which is like us sleeping in now, yeah. you know, yeah. like as we're getting older, it's just, you know, <laughs> That's that is sleeping. The in sleeping now. in time comes down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was good, man. Yeah. We just made breakfast, hung out, got some coffee, you know. That's cool. And uh, yeah, just didn't do anything. Yeah. So it was, it was nice. the best. Yeah. What part of Dallas do you live in? We are in Richardson. Okay, currently. cool. Cool. Mm-hmm. What coffee shop did y'all, did y'all go get coffee? Nah, we made cool. it. Yeah, we made it ourselves. We've got yeah. that Lavazza. Yeah, yeah. Coffee, we yeah. love. What? How do y'all make it at home? I mean, just standard. Just we have one of those machines that it'll grind it and then also. Oh, um, cool. Make nice. it. Yeah. So yeah. That's what we but do. But freshly I, ground for sure. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. I'm always like buy the whole bean. Yeah. We're gonna ground, we'll grind it, it at home. per yeah. cup. Yeah. 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 I, I got making a French press and she's she's used that a couple times, but it just that's an started. art form. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> That's awesome. Are y'all from Dallas? Uh, I am. I'm born and raised okay. in uh, in Dallas. Grew up in North Dallas, like in Carrollton, Plano area. Nice, nice. And uh, Megan's, Megan's not. Exactly I'm there. from West Texas. I grew up in Odessa, which really? is cool. I like to say the westest Texas. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's That's crazy. Like just oil country, just like flat you, brown. Yeah. Were you born and raised there, and like went to high school yeah. there and everything mm-hmm. like that? Graduated from Permian High School. Um, and moved here to Dallas after that. So wow. I've been in Dallas for about 11 years now, actually, this month. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And how did y'all two, like, get to know each other? How did y'all meet? So we were working for a talent development company, and uh, I was working with singer-songwriters, actors, um, just helping just develop their talent. And uh, she's doing hair and makeup. That's uh-huh. her full-time gig now. And um, she started working for the company a little after I did. And so part of the job was we had photo shoots for these performers that we were working with. And so um, there was like a set team for these photo shoots. She was on the team doing hair and makeup. I was on the team doing uh, styling. And uh, we would that's, travel around. Yeah, we, our team would travel. We yeah. went everywhere. I mean, Seattle, Denver, Chicago, New York. I mean, just everywhere. And uh, and that was our like getting to know each other and like dating experience. Yeah. We just traveled around it was and four a.m. in the airport. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, hey, listen, if I like you right now, like yeah. this can work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
there's a chance. There's That's a chance. awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So y'all created um, Loft Stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is what is that? Who came up with this idea? How did y'all like work it together to make this thing happen? Mm-hmm. Kind of what's your heart behind it and everything? Yeah, it was really um dual-minded thing. Both of us had like a little bit, really the idea was Megan's idea. Mm-hmm. Um, the way it started is uh, I'm a singer-songwriter as well. Okay. So I'd been performing locally for, um, you know, seven or eight years and I just put out an EP and we we're looking for a place to have uh, a release party. And mm-hmm. a lot of the places we we're looking at just either were too expensive or um, it just didn't really fit the vibe that we wanted. We wanted something a little more intimate where I could, you know, share the songs and talk about, you know, the, the making process. Right. And, you know, a lot of venues out there, they're just, they're loud, they're noisy, people don't care, you right. know? Yeah. <laughs> so um, we were struggling to find a place and Megan had the idea of just doing it ourselves. <laughs> yeah. She's like, why don't we just put this together ourselves? Why don't we ourselves? just make something? I like to say that I had three seconds of extreme bravery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> We could do this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And here we are almost two years later. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it's a, it's a studio type place for musicians to come in and like record and stuff or like what is Loft Stories? So Loft Stories is a, a, a listening room series. Okay. And um, it, it was, it was never really supposed to be a series. It was just supposed to be kind of like a one and done thing. You yeah, know, we, yeah. uh, from playing around, I had, you know, new different artists, and we just kind of pulled some strings and brought some people in. And uh, Abraham Alexander actually played that show. Um, he's like a Fort Worth legend, and uh, he came all the way to Dallas for nothing. We literally gave him gas money. And, well, not for uh, nothing. He came to play our show. <laughs> that's true. Because he's that's a good true. person. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's amazing. But uh, it, yeah, it's just supposed to be a one and done thing. Yeah. And people just uh, responded really well to it. I think we had like 25 or 30 people at our first one. And five artists played. Yeah, we, it was like a four-hour show. It was. <laughs> That's too crazy. Much. It was ridiculous. Yeah. We honestly, I had no business hosting a show. It was those like three seconds of bravery I mentioned that yeah. just put that idea in my head, and I ran with it. And then after the fact, we were like, "That was a little extra. <laughs> yeah. Five acts. Okay. Yeah. So That's we hilarious. Learned, we learned yeah. from that. Have, <laughs> is there? Had y'all seen any other thing like this? Like, is there other studios like this where people go and listen to albums and stuff? Or is this like, how did you come up with this idea? Yeah, okay. So we actually hosted it in the loft of our church. Oh, really? Our children's building. (laughs) Wow. That was just, it was a free space. Miniature toilets. Yeah, literally tiny toilets for (laughs) tiny humans. It was amazing. Um, And uh, so we had seen... We'd gone to a so far show, mm-hmm. and uh, like two years before, yeah, yeah, it had been a bit, and that was in a a bookstore in Bishop Arts, and they just had had packed it out. They had, I think, five artists as well, and uh, that was really kind of our only experience. Megan, though, she's always been in the music industry as far as like going to shows. She loves local music, so she's yeah. been to house shows a million times. Um, and it really wasn't like in the moment it wasn't born out of anything we'd seen it literally I was driving down the road I was in the middle of working on a film actually and sleep deprived and that's you know probably why I was like we can do it yeah (laughs) Um, Yeah. but yeah I literally just in my mind was like we have the children's education building we have friends that play music 
we have friends that want to support music. So, yeah, I mean, all the pieces were there, and we kind of recruited yeah. some friends to jump in and help us um, coordinate. And that's kind of it. Like, yeah, it wasn't really... And that's where we started. And now we're going on uh, almost two years of doing this. Okay. Mm-hmm. And now we have this amazing, beautiful studio in... Um, uh, in Deep Ellum with a company called Breda. And they're actually a watch company. Really? Yeah. So they make, uh, it's their, they have a couple different lines, I guess, within the same company. And this line is kind of their like more art-driven line. And um, they have this beautiful showroom that uh, they just let us use just free range of this yeah. place. And uh, so we set up there every other month and, and we've, we're going into our second year with them. Right. Breda is That's really, really cool. Yeah, they are really behind the arts community and just, you know, experiencing culture in the city. And so it was really important for them to be a part of something like this that supports local artists. Yeah. Because yeah. really, I mean, it is a watchmaking company, but there are so many artists that work within that company. And right. so it's something that's really special to yeah, them. Yeah, that's really cool. Was it hard to, like, how did y'all get the word out about Lost Stories? And, like, how did you get people to know about you and what y'all were doing? Like, was that difficult to do or was it, did it kind of just take off? And Oh man, it definitely did not just take off. Mm-mm. It was, it was hot. We're still feel, I still feel like we're trying to gain momentum and we just use social media to promote. Yeah. We tried to go the street team route and we printed uh, like posters and flyers mm-hmm. and tried to hand stuff out to yeah. businesses. But a lot of our traffic is through Instagram. And so that's solely where we advertise. Now we have a website um, and then you can buy tickets and performers can submit through that website. But everything that we're putting out goes through Instagram. And that's where everybody mostly says that they've heard of the show. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it is in its purest form, a grassroots type. Yeah. I mean, we haven't, that's so cool. I think we've done a couple Facebook ads when we first started and that's it. That's all the money we've put into advertising, really. It's yeah. just all word of mouth. And uh, Well, that's good. That yeah. helps a ton. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And we're, I mean, you know, with all the algorithms and everything on Instagram and stuff, right. it has been a little difficult. But I think we're finally getting to a place where we have enough traffic, enough um, interaction to kind of start spreading out. Yeah. Know? And uh, so we've really just over this year, um, over the shows, I think we've had, what, three shows now this year? Two? Three. Three, yeah. yeah. And uh, just over these three shows, we've seen a massive, um, a massive jump in our followers. Yeah, I think we're gaining like close to two hundred followers per show. Yeah, at this rate, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, but that's all happened within right. the last couple of months. Right. Man. Yeah. Like it was, and I think a part of that is because we didn't uh, intend for this to go anywhere. Yeah. I mean, we really didn't. You know, it was. It was uh, it's like we need this one thing. We need this for this one time thing. Yeah. Right. And it was like, okay, maybe we can do it a second time. Yeah. Okay, people like it. Well, we'll do it a third <laughs> we'll time. And then it was just like, okay, we're a year later, and it's like, well, are we going to do this or not for real? You know. Yeah, we definitely yeah. had to have a talk and be like, okay, like, <laughs> is this what we're doing now? Is this a thing? Is Love Stories? Yeah. A series, and yeah. So it's it's been fun. It's been yeah, wild. that's crazy. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Megan, you do makeup, I right? Do. That's your, your full-time. When did you get into makeup artistry and, and talk about that a little bit? I've done makeup for 11 years now. Um, I was actually studying genetics okay. in college, and I just needed a part-time job. Was this here in Dallas? It was here in okay. Dallas, yeah. Um, I, I just needed a part-time job while I was going to school. 
um, just to, I don't know, what do you need? Have a little extra money? Yeah, Yeah. just to have money as a (laughs) 20-something-year-old. Yeah, so studying genetics, loved it, was good at it, understood it, but just wasn't, I was like, I don't think this is my life. So while I'm trying to figure out my degree plan um, as a potential geneticist, I'm working this little part-time job at a beauty counter for a company called Bear Essentials. Um, Very sales-driven, but I started to kind of see that women were coming in with insecurities Mm -hmm. about anything. I mean, they would have a blemish or they'd have scarring or they would just need like the right color of lipstick or something along those lines. And in a way, in a very small way, I was making an impact in their lives and I was helping them to feel better about themselves. And those same women were coming back to see me and hugging me and sometimes crying because they felt so much better than when they walked in. And that really touched me. And so, you know, school kind of was on the back burner for me at that point. And I really started to recognize makeup as an art form and something that ignited a passion inside of me and um, just a way to help people like feel good. So really started kind of chasing that rabbit trail. I was, you know, started doing photo shoots. I started doing fashion shows and really just anyone who would let me put makeup on them, I was doing their makeup. So um, yeah, then I moved to London in 2012 and studied makeup there. Yeah. Um, Went to an academy out there and did some photo shoots, worked with um, some really great artists and mentors and a lot of people that I look up to and came back to the States and started doing movies, which that was super random, but something that I loved. Yeah, and that's so, so cool. Yeah, so just it's it's been, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Do you have like your best, like a best on set story of you doing makeup? Maybe it was funny, maybe it was like this surreal moment <laughs> or was it like something that just sticks out to you? There are so many. It's kind yeah. of hard, like every day is different. But one that sort of sticks out to me is actually Bryson was on this one with me in like 2016. We were doing a horror film in Corsicana at Christmas time. It was like we were filming between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh-huh. So like the horror film at Christmas time has its own kind of weird vibe already. And it was just like it was a crazy it was a month long uh-huh. We hadn't been at home with our families like during the holiday season, which is like when you spend time with family. Right. And so we're all just kind of like a little depleted and like ready to wrap this thing. Um, yeah, get starting to get slap happy a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's a kind of a lull in the day. I think it's like two or three in the morning because we're shooting overnights. And we're all doing a little bit of like work around the production office and... One of the other makeup artists, his name is Kale Thomas. He's phenomenal. He does a lot of special effects uh, work. He had this tendency, it was really funny, to, he would meow songs that he didn't know the lyrics to, uh-huh. but he knew the melody. <laughs> and I don't really know any other way to explain that yeah, without, that's it. yeah. So <laughs> we're sitting around this production office working and like doing our own thing, and somebody starts meowing, We wish you a Merry Christmas. And so there's, like, by the end of it, like, 25 people are meowing, we wish you a Merry Christmas <laughs> around the front. There's, like, Christmas lights, and it was just too perfect. Yeah. Like, I wish somebody would have been recording that. It was great. That is so funny. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah. And in Corsicana. In Corsicana. In Corsicana, yeah. yeah. All places, Corsicana. I know. That's great. 
<laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> okay, so now kind of switching back to music, lost stories, all of that. Um, if you could snap your fingers and change one thing about the music industry, what would it be? Who? Is this the same for me and you? I don't know. I'll go first. Okay, you go first. Okay. Um, I think that it would be that... Okay, there's a way to say this that isn't, like, mean sounding. I wish that people couldn't buy their way into success. And I mean that in a way that is, like, you know, true artists are just not going to be, like, self-promoting. They're not going to, like necessarily always have the money to put themselves in those situations to be seen or heard or to create that really high level of content that people want to be a part of or to watch or whatever. Um, and so I, if I could snap my fingers and change one thing, it would be the money aspect of yeah. it. I wish that people's talent would be enough in all, in all yeah. cases. Yeah. That's mm. really good. Yeah. I guess mine is kind of related. Um, because it also has to do with money. And one of my big things is uh, that they would pay the people what they're worth. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I was thinking about that this morning and how in any um, any service out there, right, whether it's um, even say you're going to a restaurant or um, uh, you're looking uh, with someone who's a sculpture or a painter or an artist or something like that, um, what you pay for is what you get. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so... Unfortunately, the same can't be said for musicians, that there are a lot of incredible musicians out there that are getting paid pennies. Yeah. You know, and um, I I, I wish that there was just a magical way um, to help these people get paid what they're worth. Yeah. You know, because you can't create if you don't have money. Right. You know, like you can have all the creative juices flowing, you can be writing all the songs, you can be doing everything right, but if you don't have money to pay for photo shoots, to pay for music videos, to pay for right. VR. I mean, you can't go anywhere. Right. You know, and so that is, and that's personal. I mean, because, you know, that's, <laughs> I played shows for free. I played, you know, a three hour long set for, you know, a hundred bucks. You know, yeah. like I've done that. Yeah. That's and so uh, it's it's brutal. Right. It really is. Well, and they don't, people don't really understand what all goes into, I mean, even if you're making an album, like, yeah. Think, mm-hmm. Oh, just like get together, record some songs. Well, no, like, it's more than that, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, like, that that just, you know, like, I'm seeing people create stuff, create albums and do, um, try to promote it and stuff. And everything that goes into that is, like, oh, my gosh. Like, no one ever thinks about mm-hmm. all the things that goes into making an album and trying to get the word out about it. Yeah, it's so true. And and from, for us, like, we've been on the production side of it as well. So, you know, I've been a musician, but at the same time, I've made music videos for other musicians. Yeah. And it's, you know, to, to realize that, okay, yeah, it's simple to say, okay, we need a music video. Like, I've got some actors, right. I have a camera. Well, okay. Yeah, but it takes hours to film. It takes hours to edit. Right. It takes, I mean, uh, a friend of ours, Savannah Lowe, she's a local artist. She just uh, shot a music video. And I think she had, what, like 20 people? Mm-hmm. That when it was that all said and done, were involved, you know, in, in this project, yeah. you know, and you have to feed them. You have to, right? Um, you <laughs> You've got to have a space for because right, all them have a job, and you need to pay them to do their job. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, and none that's of just this it. Is... Like nothing can be compromised if it's going to be worth right. watching or right. worth sharing. And so you can't just pull your cousin in and be like, "Can you do this for?" Me? Like yeah. you can if they're very talented at what they do, obviously. Right. But right. I mean, 
Like, there's a lot that has to go into it quality-wise. For <laughs> there's, it to... there's a difference between a friend that can shoot photos and right. a photographer, right? <laughs> you know? <laughs> right, yes. yes. Yeah. yeah, I can take pictures, sure. Yeah. 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 And, and that is so key because, you know, for Loft Stories, we do a lot of, like, self-scouting, I guess. Yeah. Um, every artist that comes through, we want to see live uh, mm-hmm. before we commit to them playing at our show. Yeah. Because we want to know. Um, that this image that we're seeing online is the authentic image, right? Right. And um, and so I know a lot of times, you know, we get submissions from people who, um, you know, are, are really talented but maybe don't have the budget or don't have the time or the resources to, um, you know, to look good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, um, and a lot of times because you see something first, that's a very first interaction with this person is what you see, right? If, the, if it doesn't look right, then it can be an immediate turnoff. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And yeah. so, Which is totally unrelated to their music ability. Yeah, Which is. is why it's so important for right. us to experience them in person. Right. Because, yeah, there's so much more that goes into it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. No, that makes total sense. Yeah. If, if I were to come to you right now and be like, hey, I'll give you whatever you want, for Lost Studio, Lost Stories, you can, maybe it's money, whatever, whatever, I, I'm, I'm giving you a gift. What would that gift be and what would you do with it? Hmm. Hmm. Um, I think for me, it, we need help with our like marketing. Um, I feel like we have such an, an amazing product. And like I said, we yeah. talked about this earlier, like everything has been very grassroots, you yeah. know? Um, and we have just now um, got to a place where we are starting to sell out shows. Um, you know, our last three shows have all been sold out, mm-hmm. and um, and it's you know it's taken us almost two years to get there. But we still need um, help with all that, you know, because it really is it's me and Megan. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, we're the ones doing it. We right. do all the graphics, we do all the um, you know reaching out, all the promoting, everything, and uh, you know we have we have the talent. You know, that we have the these amazing artists that are coming in. We have this amazing location for it. And it's just getting it in front of more people. Right. Yeah. For me, I think my answer is a little different. It's that, um, you know, my heart, kind of piggybacking off of what we were just talking about, about content. Mm-hmm. Um, my heart is to be able to provide that for people uh, because we understand all that goes into it and all that it means to be an artist and if they're focusing on making music and playing shows. And so my heart would be to be, to provide the kind of production for them that, um, you know, produces production that produces (laughs) the work that is worth sharing that, that accurately represents their talents and who they are as artists, um, with no agenda. Like it, not that it's a loft stories session necessarily, but, this is this artist, yeah, raw and and unfiltered and real. I would love to be able to provide that for mm-hmm. you know artists that we kind of scout and and host. Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. really cool. Why do y'all call it loft? Why did y'all call it loft stories? Um, it's because it was in the loft of our church. Yeah, and uh, we're very literal, apparently. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was in the loft of our church, and then. Um, a huge part of our shows is the storytelling aspect. Yeah, um, I would almost say um, it's 50-50 music and storytelling. Yeah, and uh, and that is kind of one of the I think most special things about our shows. And so it's like I don't know, just, we took those two yeah, very little no, things and put that's them together. Awesome. Yeah, and it it was it kind of was leaning toward like loft sessions, but 
we really wanted to create that space however and in whatever way we could for artists to share their stories. And so it's really important, like, that that's never questioned. That's never a gray area. Like, we have created this platform for artists to be heard and nothing else. And so I hope that that's made clear through the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why should musicians do a loft story? I would say it's affirmation for them. It's encouragement. Yeah. It's um, Bryson has said this before. It's kind of like an oasis because, you know, playing so many shows out in coffee shops and bars and at fest, you know, sometimes festivals, even people are not necessarily there for the music. It's right. background noise and like three people, you may get like a scattered clap. Yeah. And I don't, I can't imagine as a musician, but I know as an artist that that would be very hard right. to like put yourself out there. Like this is something I've put time and energy and heart into mm-hmm. and people aren't like receiving it at all. Yeah. And so I would say artists should play a loft stories show if they're wanting to be heard, if they're wanting to connect on a deeper level right. with music fans. Um, and you know, we pay. So 60% of our ticket sales go back to our artists. Wow, really? That's really if cool. An, yeah, and if anybody makes a donation apart from ticket sales, we don't keep any of that. That gets split up evenly for, wow. for each artist. So, yeah. And they can also sell their merch as well. They get 100% of those. We give sales. it away. We buy their merch and raffle it off at yeah. shows. So yeah. we're just really trying to support yeah. them financially. Yeah, that's well. awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Do you have anything to add to that? Or do you I mean, she, she said it well. Yeah. It, it really is just, um, it's a relaxing night, you know, and... Um, it's an opportunity for you to be heard and uh, for you just to just to have a have a good a good night out. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, um, w- you know, we've had a lot of artists come in, and when, by the time that they leave, they just feel completely like refreshed. And mm-hmm. they've they've actually told us like, because of the show tonight, I can continue. Yeah, you know, I can like keep pushing forward. I can keep grinding because right. of what happened tonight. Right. You know, yeah. I think there's just something special about like appreciate uh, being appreciated yeah you know and especially when you're on your grind and you're out there and you're playing all these shows where you're not appreciated like megan said um that is worth almost as much as the money that you make yeah yeah that's awesome so before we ask the last question um where can people find y'all y'all instagram website Mm -hmm. yeah we have a website it's www.loftstories.show show yeah once you reach that there are two tabs so there's an attend side and there's a perform side so it's for anyone really yeah. if you're wanting to buy uh, buy tickets you'll go through the attend platform and then if you're wanting to submit your material your your music yeah um you can go through the perform platform and also a uh, side note on that we have i'm just going to drop a little teaser here we've got uh we've got some really special things coming uh, to our website and to YouTube, so that kind of tells you what uh, what <laughs> format it's going to be in. Um, but that will be dropping um, a couple special videos here, um, hopefully within the next couple of months. Yeah, so definitely watch loftstories.show yeah. for those, um, and then Instagram. Yeah, everything like literally as it happens, it hits Instagram. So our stories and in our feed, um, anytime we hear about a cool event that's happening with one of our artists, um, like. Peyton Stilling released a new single recently, and so we posted it immediately. So that it's kind of become this like little hub for yeah. like, not just shows, but like this is what's happening in the community. Yeah, yeah. So, that's really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. 
okay, so final question. Y'all are from Dallas, or you, you've been in Dallas 11 years. She's from Dallas, yeah. Um, I'm yeah. from Dallas. That's I've been here say. long yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is your favorite thing to do in Dallas? Favorite spot to hang out in? Favorite place to eat? You don't have to answer all oh, those gosh. questions, but, like, what's one <laughs> place in Dallas that, like, you just love to Ooh. hang oh, no. out? Um, I'm pretty partial to Lower Greenville. Yeah. Um, I actually, I, I worked at, um, Greenville Avenue Pizza Company for a while. And so like, I know that place super well and there are a lot of new things going in, but if you're a foodie, I mean, I I love food. I'm I'm unashamed (laughs) of that fact. Literally, if we go anywhere, our first question is where are the best places to eat, (laughs) you know? Um, so yeah, there's a lot of great places to eat down there and, uh, it just, it's a very like happy, happy place. Yeah, it is. It's a nice spot. Um, I love community coffee. It's is that what it's called? Community oh, they're in Richardson. In Richardson, yes, which that's a great place. I still consider Dallas because I'm a little like yeah. She's in a little bit of denial. That we well, moved it's out weird because like we live in Addison. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But okay. Our address is Dallas. Yeah. But we're in Addison. Yeah. Right. It's so weird. So yeah. I don't know where Community Cafe would be. Like I don't know where. Like technically, is it Dallas or Richardson? I was. Yeah. It's in Richardson. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I, so. I don't know what the like official address is. <laughs> but that place is great. I like this okay, spot. Okay, if I have to pick like an actual like Dallas proper spot, I would say La Ventana. It's Ooh, really yeah. yeah. Have you had their churros yet? Yes. Oh yes. All about their churros. So <laughs> good. They're so good. Uh, yeah. yeah. They're great. Well, thank you all so much for doing this. I appreciate yeah. your time thank and you. sharing your story with us. Yeah, thanks. This dude. was so fun. Thank you. We are the artists that make our cities one of a kind. We are the artists behind all the beauty, even in your home. From the architecture that defines the place where you rest, to the space in between lined with fine art, handcrafted furniture, and vintage finds, there was an artist who gave you a priceless gift, a piece of themselves. It is our mission to abolish the term starving artistry. This podcast is about interviewing those who have paved the way with their successes in the arts and entertainment industry. Tune in as they give other emerging artist listeners tips to success, as well as advice in the midst of a tipping point. This podcast series will also be a platform to discover together new emerging talent from all over the world. Stay tuned and explore the next Artist Uprising. Use hashtag Artist Uprising to join the movement.